Hey, what's going on? I'm Doug Cunnington, and welcome to The Doug Show. In this episode, I talked to Jesse Lakes about the Amazon Associate Disclosure and FTC rules that you should be following if you're an Amazon Associate. Jesse is the founder, one of the co-founders of Genius Link. And Genius Link, if you're unfamiliar, it helps you localize, track, and manage smart links so that you can, at least for Amazon Associates, like monetize in different uh, geographies, so different Amazon associate programs across the world. So when I started using Genius Link, I was able to increase my revenue pretty quickly from doing no additional work. Um, I just inserted like one little snippet of code and I was good to go. I was able to then monetize, I think it was roughly like 15% of my traffic that was coming from the UK and then from uh, Canada as well. Get a little traffic elsewhere, but not enough to uh, actually track those links. So anyway, Genius Link is a good tool. I'm an affiliate, by the way, for the for the uh, tool. If you happen to sign up through my link, but you know, you don't have to. No big deal. the uh, The thing we're going to talk about today, Jesse and I, is uh, back in October of 2019. Amazon Associates sent out an email, basically to tell the associates that they needed to make sure it was super clear that they were associates and they earned revenue. Now they sent it to all associates out there. So, you know, if you got the email back, I think like October 18th, don't worry, everyone got that email. But um, the, the main thing is they sent it out to everyone. And that includes like people who are um, like content creators on YouTube Maybe they have a podcast, maybe they have a blog like many of us or some other like social media. So maybe it's through Pinterest or Instagram or something like that. And the point is they they had to cover uh, their bases, cover a lot of different uh, situations, different kinds of users out there, different kinds of associates that are, you know, they have to disclose differently because of the, the format of the content. So anyway. Jesse and I go into the details. It's all driven by like FTC rules, not necessarily like Amazon directly. So with that said, uh, Jesse and I give some disclaimers that we are not lawyers. We're not associated with Amazon. So I'll mention it again here. We're just sharing information in our own personal interpretations. So keep that in mind. There are a couple posts that I I will link in the description and show notes here. Uh, Basically, there's a post that that Jesse um, wrote over on Genius Link's blog. And then I have one that that I have on Niche Site Project. So you can check both of those out. To be fair, um, Jesse's is much more thorough. He spent a lot more time on it. Um, Mine's a little more concise. I'll put it that way. So anyway, we will uh, get to the interview in just a second here. And I'll mention after the interview, I'll give some shout outs for uh, people that left reviews on Apple podcast or iTunes or whatever, whatever it is that we call it these days. So um, if if you do leave a review, I'll probably read it on the air. So I'm, I'm sort of keeping a log and if you don't know how to leave a review on Apple, um, shoot me an email. You can Google it. You know, it's pretty straightforward, but you could shoot me an email and I can point you in the right direction. So thanks again to Jesse and let's get to this discussion. All 
Hey, what's going on? It's Doug Cunnington here from The Doug Show and Niche Site Project. I'm here with my friend, Jesse Lakes. How are you? I'm doing awesome. And uh, Jesse, for the people that don't know you, can you just give a quick intro on a couple of things you're working on? Sure. Uh, I've been obsessed with the uh, affiliate marketing for uh, close to two decades now. Um, is this a, <laughs> um, yeah, really obsessed with affiliate marketing. have done a lot in the um, what we call the geo-targeting and uh, geo-fragmentation space. So GeniusLink is my core business. Uh, we use allow affiliate publishers to use a single link to monetize that uh, full audience they've got. Uh, and we also started working with Kit. Uh, Kit is a community of people sharing products they love really geared towards more the uh, influencer side. Both of those, of course, are very focused on affiliate. Awesome. And a quick note before we get started, uh, Jesse and myself don't work for Amazon. We're not affiliated with them. We're giving um, some insights based on our understanding and opinion. So, um, you know, we're not lawyers. You should consult your own lawyer. Jesse, do you have any other things to add on, on top of that? Yeah, as much as we've uh, researched this and looked into it to help our client base and, and help help the different audiences, um, yeah, there, there are definitely some confusion on the internet uh, around this, and hopefully we can help kind of cut through that. But again, yeah, do your due diligence. You're, you're going to be better off because of it. So basically, we're going to be talking about disclosure and stating that you can earn a commission if someone buys something through your Amazon link. So that that is sort of the high-level um, just summary of what's going on. Everyone's so, favorite subject, right? Yeah. Disclaimers. And, <laughs> you know, from where I, um, sit in my experience in the past, um, I, I'm, I completely messed this up multiple times in the past, especially when I was starting out because I really didn't know, um, any of the FTC rules and, you know, I was just starting a little website. I didn't really think I needed to follow anything specific, like no one was really watching over what I was doing, but, um, slowly, you know, I've earned more money online and it becomes a significant sort of, and very important portion of my income. So it's really important to like follow the rules by F the FTC and from Amazon. And the difficult part, at least uh, on the Amazon terms of service portion, at least for me, um, is it's, kind of long and it's kind of confusing. So even if you like dive into a certain part, read a sentence, um, it's like reading a contract and we're not lawyers. So it's a little hard to understand. The FTC does um, say, I guess, uh, in plain language, some of the rules and, and that makes it a little bit easier. We're going to go over a lot of that stuff today. So the thing that spawned this conversation was, I think it was like October 18th of 2019, uh, Amazon sent an email out to all the people, all the participants in the Amazon Associate Program about disclosing their affiliate relationship. So I, I said a lot there. So Jesse, um, this is probably really important for, for your business. So what did, what did you think when you got the email? So honestly, my initial impression when I got the email is just, oh, okay, I'll deal with this later. I think it came in, you know, Thursday or Friday afternoon. Yeah, you know, it's just it was not the top of mind. Um, you know, of course I, I scanned through it because you should always scan through the emails that you get from Amazon because you never know when it's gonna be a um a five-day mess that's uh, just landed in your lap. But um yeah, so just kind of scanned through it, didn't think twice really about it, uh, and passed it off and, and really didn't look at it until you know later the next week. Um as I start reading through it, I definitely there was a couple pieces there that were a little confusing to me. Um, and again, kind of that rush rush of the normal day. I didn't 
think twice about them. Um, and it really wasn't until later that next week that I stopped and really read the email and really understood, okay, there's more here than, than seems to be. Um, and from there, kind of, of course, flipped that curiosity switch and started digging in to try to understand exactly what was going on. Um, at the same time, it seems like some other people in the online communities were, were doing about the same. And it started to kind of bubble up that there's this email that kind of reads as just a gentle reminder. There's, there's really actually some, some depth here of some pretty important subjects. Okay. And that's exactly what I did as well. So I read it, <laughs> whatever, Thursday, Friday afternoon. And then I was like, hey, wait, wait a second. Um, there were a couple things in there that, that maybe I'm not doing. So quick um, note on a few of the mistakes that I made in the past. So number one, um, I just had a disclosure page, right? So some of my mm -hmm. first sites, I had a disclosure page, which someone had to go out of their way to find and that's versus like having something very clear in plain language. Um, hey, I'm an affiliate and I'll earn a commission, right? Mm -hmm. um, and some of the changes that I made over time to make it, I guess, more apparent that I was an affiliate was to put a, a disclaimer or disclosure over in the sidebar um, mm -hmm. or in the footer. Mm -hmm. And the big problem with those is it's possible for the, the visitor on the site to not see those before they've left your site, clicked an affiliate link and made a purchase. And they didn't really understand that you were being compensated. So the, the I mean, those are the big like mistakes that I see over and over again. Now, um, any observations on that as well, Jesse? So, yeah, just to take that one step further is typically what I've seen too, is that when people do their disclosure in the sidebar or in the footer, they're using Amazon's language that you know, they say you have to use as that disclosure. You know, it's a it's a one line now. Um, now, as an Amazon Associates, I may earn from from sales or something. I forget. I've got that language written down here somewhere here, but along those same lines. So, typically, that language is is used, not something that's a, a bit more clear. So, yeah, I've I've seen very similar things to what you just described. So, once we get sort of past that. Um, the really interesting part, at least for me, was the quote link level disclosure to meet FTC requirements. Now, it's my opinion that this email was sent out to cover everything. So that includes like, um, you know, Instagram influencers who are running ads, um, people with blogs, YouTube influencers, and you know, there's probably some other social media aspects out there. So they're trying to cover everything. And to Amazon Associates credit, the email was fairly short and it was written in plain language. So if, mm -hmm. you, if you read it a couple of times, you know, most people are, would, would understand what's going on. So anyway, link level um, disclosure. So I started to sort of panic from a just logistics standpoint, like, okay, I have, you know, 2000 posts across a couple sites. Um, each one of those posts may have, I don't know, 15 affiliate links. And all of a sudden I have kind of a, a, a big problem to solve. Um, even though, you know, fixing one link is not a big deal. Fixing um, many thousand is a big deal. So Absolutely. link level disclosure. 
What's your take on that, Jesse? So, yeah, when I read link level disclosure, my mind instantly goes to social media. Just as you said, you know, Amazon affiliate program, associates program covers lots of different types of people, you know, referring products, et cetera. So when I read link level, okay, yeah, that refers specifically to the, the people on Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, not necessarily to the bloggers. So that was the cognitive disconnect on my side. But that was also pretty much the huge mistake is that, no, it really is referring to everyone you need a quote unquote link level disclosure. Okay. So with that said, and I'm just going to ask like, so you're saying on a blog post, every single, single one of the links should say like hashtag ad or um, I'm earning a commission or whatever. That's your strict. Um, yeah. But what are you saying? <laughs> so that's, that really gets to the crux of this, right? So I feel like this note and the research has cleared up a ton of stuff, but there's one kind of last question to be answered. And is that, you know, on the longer form piece of content, do you need a disclosure at every single link? And unfortunately, while the FTC website does a pretty good job, I still found it a little confusing to read exactly what they said. So if you give me just a second, I will, I will find that. Um, so they say in some instances, like when the affiliate has embedded in your product review, a single disclosure may be adequate. When the review has a clear and conspicuous disclosure of your relationship and the reader can see both the review contain that disclosure and the link in the same time, readers have the information they need. So at a high level, this is trying to say, okay, one disclosure at the site level is all you need. But if you read that certain sentence, you know, so you know, a single disclosure may be adequate. That gives you the idea that, okay, one web page many affiliate links, one disclosure, everyone's happy. But if you read a little bit further and read, you know, really paying attention here, the reader can see both the review containing that disclosure and the link at the same time. So, okay, well, a longer form piece, you have to scroll. So if it sits at the top of the page and you start to scroll, then obviously you can't see both at the same time. Maybe if you leave it in the sidebar, that's okay. But remember, if you're on mobile, typically the sidebar is going to get pushed to the bottom. So, once again, you know, as much as we've made huge progress in understanding what's going on here, there's still definitely a big question. So I don't think Amazon says it clearly. I don't think the FTC says it clearly. But I think the, the general consensus of some of the bigger sites starts to show a general trend. So again, don't take this as, as the gospel. This isn't written in stone. But it seems to be that a very clear disclosure at the top of a longer form piece of content should be adequate. You know, license to change as, as more stuff comes through because it's not clearly defined, but I, I'm taking that as, as the best practice for moving forward. Okay. And I'll point people in the direction of the, the post that you wrote, Jesse. Um, you, you do have examples from the Wirecutter, Tech Radar, Windows Central, Digital Trends, CNET, and they generally, you know, they're putting a clear uh, disclosure at the top of their longer form content. And I think the closest to like the, the sort of sites that, that I work with and a lot of the viewers work with is the wire cutter um, product mm -hmm. reviews, long form. And I was just thinking, Hey, you know, we could kind of follow the lead of something like the wire cutter. Um, in some cases, right. We, we can't uh, go look and see what the wire cutter is doing and then follow those rules. But in this case, they're trying to follow FTC requirements. Amazon sent the email so that they were adhering to FTC requirements. Um, at least that's my take, right? Amazon's trying to make sure their affiliates are following the rules so Amazon doesn't get in trouble, right? 
Exactly. And that's kind of that weird hierarchy where FTC looks down at Amazon, Amazon's in charge of policing its affiliates. So, you know, supposedly there's over a million different affiliates now in Amazon's associates program. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of, of, of people to take it, take, you know, control of. And I think that's why we're seeing, you know, more of that kind of black and white aspect to compliance, which that's a, that's another conversation. Yeah. So one, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say one step back. I think it's really important to, to talk about in that disclosure. Yes. The position of the disclosure is important, but also that verbiage of the disclosure is important. And uh, as in my research, you know, just mentioning that you're an affiliate, that doesn't seem to be enough. There needs to be some hint at the financial relationship of that. Of that. So earning an affiliate commission or earning revenue or some sort of word or phrase that implies there's a, a financial relationship seems to be what, what's most important. Just to, uh, <laughs> acknowledging that there's a relationship FTC claims that a lay reader doesn't understand what affiliate really means. Um, and I, that's fair. You know, we eat, breathe, sleep, affiliate. We understand very clearly that that relationship is there. But, you know, does your mom, does does your grandma, et cetera. Yeah. And that, that's what I was going to say. Like, we understand it. We're using it in our, um, you know, daily conversations all the time. But, yeah, my mom has no idea like <laughs> what I do. She's like, he works on the computer, you know, <laughs> he, he works on the computer and, um, you know, they'll call me for tech support still. So for the last Thanks, you know, 25 years. Yeah. Um, so it, I guess any other, uh, I guess thoughts specifically on like, um, like the verbiage or placement or anything like that? So I think taking a big step back, right? We talked about the link level stuff um, and that implies the site level stuff. So again, FTC disclosure is one thing. Amazon disclosure is something completely different. And again, my biggest mistake was mashing those two together, thinking that it was just a single disclosure and it's not. FTC applies to every affiliate, um, Amazon included, and it needs to be you know, at the top of the page before the link or at a bare minimum immediately after a link. Amazon disclosure um, can be can be a bit buried. It can be on that disclosure page, et cetera. And it needs to have a very specific line uh, as well. So site level covers Amazon or channel if you're on social media. And every every page, uh, every post, every tweet needs to have that other FTC disclosure. So as as black and white as that is, um, it's something that we all need to really pay attention to because that seems to be the new norm. It seems to be uh, something that's very important to Amazon. Obviously, if they sent this email, uh, something we could probably see some more enforcement and compliance coming because of. So um, likely some sort of little grace period here, but it, it, from what I'm reading, this is really important to Amazon and they're going to start cracking down. So again, if there's a million associates out there they need to watch um, and they can trim the fat and find the people that aren't following attention are going to get them in trouble, they're probably going to do that. And, um, actually that confused me just a little bit. So, I, uh, which is, which is good. Cause other, I mean, I'm, I'm coming at it generally uninformed and you did a lot more research than, than I did. So, and I guess I was, I was thinking, Hey, if I have that Amazon disclosure at the top, um, generally like that's going to be fine. That's going to cover me because all, all the affiliate links are showing up below that, if a person lands on the page, they don't have to go all the way to the footer. They see, hey, I get a commission from Amazon if you buy through my affiliate link. So is that okay? Or does there need to be an additional FTC, as you mentioned? So 
the Amazon disclosure says, as an Amazon associate, I earn from qualifying purchases, right? So there's that hint of the financial relationship, et cetera. So that should work, um, but I, I don't see that very often at the top. So, you know, again, I'm not, FTC makes these rules, FTC pleases this. I, I can't tell you for sure, but it, it has all the key pieces that you want to see, but I'm not seeing that regularly placed at the top of the page, et cetera. I typically see the Amazon associates disclosure that's supposed to be at site level, put at site level. Yeah, there, yes, there are crossover. Yeah, that Venn diagram does have some, some crossover there. I, I see how it could be used there because it does have the keywords, but I don't see it very, very common. Um, hopefully that clarifies. Sorry, that's not a uh, perfect yes. black and white answer. Yes, that that is that's clear. Um, and I was going to say um, it's rare that I'm ahead of the curve, <laughs> um, but I think for the last eighteen months to two years, I have placed a um, this this pretty close to that one liner. Mine was mm-hmm. a little bit longer, um, but at the top of the content, bef- like it's the the title and then like there'll be a disclosure basically. So headline disclosure. And then after that is all the content. Um, and then, you know, whatever they sent out as an Amazon associate, I earned from qualifying purchases. I even shortened it and just put a link to the full disclosure statement site wide. So, um, and and that's what I've been advising people. A lot of folks were like, Oh, it's in the sidebar. It's in the footer. Um, but like I said, one of these rare times I'm a little bit ahead of the curve. So, um, nice job. Good about that. Yeah. I didn't need to make any major changes other than just shorten the copy on that. So you ran across, um, some frequently asked questions. And I think some of these are, you know, obviously pretty common. They're frequently asked, but they're also on the FTC website. So mm-hmm. let's go through a few of those. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a, some good stuff in there. I, I learned a lot from the FTC website, and especially the FAQ. So first one is people that don't live in the U.S. and they're like, hey, the FTC, we don't care. So do people outside of the U.S. still have to follow these rules? Excellent question. Um, yes. If you're using the Amazon.com associates program, Amazon.com is under the FTC's rule. So you won't get in trouble from the FTC. You're going to get in trouble from amazon.com. If that makes stuff, uh, any portion of the commission of your revenue that's important to you, I would strongly encourage you to do so. Taking that one step further, it was really interesting. There was an article um, that just came out the other day. Uh, I believe it was Performance Insider, a great uh, blog based out of the UK. It talked about um, this ASA, which is their their authority, the UK Advertising Watchdog. And the ASA had a big to do about um, this blog that had an affiliate link and that they're now saying that uh, affiliate links inside blogs need to have a, a disclosure in, in close proximity as well. So FTC is saying it you know, for, for US-based companies and therefore uh, anyone that's using that affiliate program, but we're seeing very similar behavior coming from the UK. And again, you know, I have not researched this as much as I probably should. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing there's other entities out there as well that would really recommend a or strongly recommend a disclosure at this link level. So maybe you don't have to do it for the FTC's point, but I really encourage you to do it as a general best practice, you know, to ensure those Amazon.com commissions keep coming as well as compliance with other uh, government entities that you may or may not know about um, that have similar requirements. It's just a good thing to do. And when I'm doing research for a product, 
I know <laughs> I would like to know if the person is getting compensated because then I understand their incentive and their biases, biases and stuff like that, which at this point now I, I just suspect everyone is trying to trick me, which is probably, uh-huh. it's not a good way to live your life, but um, you know, that's just, so yeah, just to hit that point real quick. And this is, I think something that's, that's really important is that FTC has it, you know, very black and white, right? If you're earning money, then you have to put this disclosure and they assume that you're doing it for the money. But, you know, so many of us do, you know, authority sites or niche sites on subjects or industries that we actually enjoy, at least to some degree, it makes writing the content that much easier, makes reviewing the products that much easier. Um, And, you know, the whole, I guess, Pat Flynn thing as well, you know, talking about, you know, doing, having that authenticity when you're promoting those products. So, so many of us are only really recommending or talking about products that we do truly appreciate. But unfortunately, that's still, you know, that's kind of that gray area, but you have to be black and white. If there is an affiliate link, you have to follow the FTC, even if you use that product every day, you know, recommend it, you know, verbally to your friends, et cetera. If your website recommends it and has, has that affiliate link, you've got to use that or you have to include that disclosure. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Little rant. No, and that, that's that's perfect. And it, like you said, it it fits in exactly with what I was saying. Where I'm just like, I don't know if I trust someone's opinion if they're getting um, compensated for it, unless right, like Pat Flynn, or hopefully like the products that I recommend, I I use them, and you know, I wouldn't recommend them if I didn't. And then, you know, further, sometimes I talk bad about products, which I I think gives some, a little bit more um, credibility, at least in the internet marketing area where everyone's like, Hey, every product's great. You should buy this, you know? Okay. So a couple other questions here. So you mentioned is affiliate link um, by itself adequate? What about a buy now button? And what do you think, Jesse? So again, I, I would, you know, with my background, my knowledge, I would think that's fine. But again, we talked about, you know, do our, does our moms, do our moms know that what affiliate means affiliate enough there. And the FTC kind of agrees with that earlier comment where, you know, that lay person doesn't necessarily know what an affiliate relationship means that there's a financial aspect to that. So unfortunately, FTC spells out pretty clearly uh, that affiliate by itself is not enough of a disclosure affiliate link, affiliate, you know, buy now button. That doesn't work. Okay. And then sort of related, but, um, interesting, interesting question. So what if I'm including links to products, um, or retailers as a convenience, but I'm not getting paid for them. Do we have to disclose anything there? Yeah, this goes back to that whole, you know, that, that litmus test, is there a financial aspect to it? Right. Did, is it a sponsored ad? Did the brand tell you about those products beforehand or give you one, or is there some other financial relationship outside of affiliate or is an affiliate link? If that's the case, yes, you have to disclose it, but you know, I have no relationship here, but this is the best you know, whiteboard eraser, you know, cleaner, cleanser. I don't mm-hmm. have to disclose that because I, there's no relationship whatsoever for this product. Cool. And there was an interesting story that you sent me the other day, um, which I'm not sure if it's linked in your article, but we could mention it briefly here where a, a blogger uh, mentioned a product that they used and they liked. And in the past, they were um, paid and they had mm-hmm. an affiliate type relationship. Um, but in the, you know, in the specific case, they weren't paid, there was no agreement made and they just liked the product and they mentioned it. So I, I thought that story was kind of strange, but can you fill in a few of the details I left out there? 
Yeah, and that's um, kind of the story I also alluded to earlier where that new, the UK agency seems to be kind of taking a big step forward on that as well. And there was, um, at the end of the story, I'm sure you read, um, there's a handful of different people across the industry kind of weighing in on it. And it's, it's definitely controversial. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of different opinions there. Um, at, those are the hard ones, right? Yeah, the, the black and white is easy, but yeah, because there was the relationship before it was the, the same brand, um, does there, is there still that relationship where they're getting compensated? If you look on a case-by-case basis, it's kind of leans one way, but if you look at it as a whole, it leans the other way. So I... I would always disclose, you know, it, it just seems to be the safer way to go. Uh, obviously getting in trouble or losing your Amazon.com commissions is, uh, can be catastrophic for your site. So better to you know, be ahead of the curve, go a little bit overboard in, in your disclosures, et cetera. Um, better, better to trend on the safer side. Yeah. And I, I found that surprising. Like you said, it's a bit controversial. And um, I mean, the big thing is like, if you like a product and you happen to have had a relationship in the past, um, then you continually in the future always have to mention that. That just doesn't make sense to me at all. Mm-hmm. Cause obviously like business relationships end and, um, it was clearly disconnected. So yeah, I didn't agree with that, uh, that, uh, decision there. So, okay. Last couple coming up here. So it's clear on, this is uh, one of the frequently asked questions again. So it's clear that what's on my website is a paid advertisement, not my own endorsement or review of the product. Do I still have to disclose that I get a commission if people click through my website to the product? Yeah. So this again, kind of gets into, there's this whole background, right, with uh, influencers and, and you know sponsored deals, et cetera. And it happens in, in websites as well, where you, know, you can get someone that's that's paying for an article, and et cetera. So there's that little bit of a bleed over area now where, you know, is a sponsored content the same as an affiliate link versus, you know, a you know content editorial piece. Um, and the FTC, you know, again, in general, my thought is that if there's some financial relationship, you should disclose it, even if it's a, a step or two removed. Um, but they just say, if it's clear that what's on your site is a paid advertisement, you don't have to make additional disclosures. So you know, if it's outlined in, in blue and there's an ad, you know, text or whatever it is, you know, or even on podcasts, right, when it moves to a different type of music and, you know, it's a different voiceover or whatever, you know, those, those are relatively clear. You know, Grant, I'm not an expert in, in podcasting ads either. But it just, yeah, what they're saying is that, yeah, if, if it's very clear that it's an ad, okay, you can leave it at that. Um, but again, if you're really kind of bleeding those different pieces together where, you know, you're working with a, you know, back to the other article, if you're working with a brand for a sponsored piece of content and then you know, you're talking about that brand and other bits and pieces, I, again, be safe. I really encourage you to, to go the extra mile and include the disclosures anywhere that comes up. It's you know, <laughs> dealing with these legal hassles and dealing with, you know, resurrecting a, a, a killed off Amazon.com account can just... Um, be a massive waste of time for you know hashtag ad you know three characters i yeah. guess it may not look ideal but giving that extra disclosure is just huge for that authenticity for that buyer trust for the long-term health relationship so indeed yeah and last one here is um would ambassador hashtag ambassador or hashtag brand ambassador work in a tweet or instagram or any kind of you know micro blogging, mini, you know, social media. Yeah. I think this kind of falls under that whole uh, piece of 
does affiliate work, right? Affiliate's the easy one we go to. Ambassadors, are, you know, it's a cool term. Um, but again, doesn't really disclose that financial relationship probably as clearly as as the FTC would like. Again, does your mom know that you're being paid as an ambassador? You know, is 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 that really distinguished in a, a very clear way? And I would I would lean towards, you know, ad makes sense, advertisement, people are very familiar with that sponsor, you know, makes sense. There's a, there's a, that financial disclosure aspect of it. That's, it's, you know, just one, one degree away, but affiliate ambassador, I don't think that's, that's clear enough. It seems the FTC doesn't think that's clear enough. Would really encourage you to move to stronger hashtags or, or disclosures for your site. Okay, cool. Any, any other thoughts um, as we're winding down, Jesse? So I, I thought it was really fascinating kind of, you know, this is, somewhat of a rumor of, of why this all came up. And it seems that um, the FTC got uh, some complaint by a relatively large watchdog, a consumer watchdog uh, in regards to Prime Day last year, uh, or this year, sorry, um, in, what was that, July. So the the complaint that I found was um, this, this watchdog saw tons of different uh, emails of uh, social media posts, et cetera, talking about all these different deals going on on Prime Day. And after a little bit of digging, it's relatively easy to identify what's an affiliate link. You, know, you just look for that tag equals and inside that, that redirected link. Um, and they found numerous, numerous examples of, of affiliate links being used and were pretty upset about it. They, uh, they thought that they were not disclosed nearly as well as they should be or even at all. So they wrote a pretty harsh letter to the FTC, strongly recommending the FTC you know, talk to the examples they have, but also really clamp down on Amazon. Uh, Amazon seems to be getting a lot of attention from a lot of different people at the moment, but uh, some additional FTC attention is probably not what they want right now. Um, so it, that really kind of seems to make sense. So I think it really kind of shows that full circle that, you know, you may think that you're, you're no one, but you know, some, some person that's on your email list may actually have a tie to uh, a consumer watchdog and may, you know, include you as one example in this bigger picture that can, you know, roll up to a, a government agency that can really cause us as affiliate marketers a lot of grief and Amazon in general that seems to rely somewhat heavily still on affiliate marketing uh, as, a, as a source of traffic, some some pain as well. So your your actions matter no matter how big or small you are. It, it gets rolled up and gets passed on, especially when it's um, fragrant, you know, not understanding or, or um, ignoring what what the FTC's laws clearly are. So um, yeah, I thought that was that was good to kind of understand what's what's going on in that backstory, at least for me to see that bigger picture. Yeah, very inter- interesting. And I I know Amazon's so big, a lot of people um, like to complain about you know big things out there, big companies, and you know some people feel like they're mistreated or something like that as uh, associates out there. But, you know, like you said, there's a pretty, pretty clear um, cause and effect situation happening here. And it's fairly straightforward to add your, you know, disclosure, a quick note from a just implementation standpoint, one of the easiest ways that you can get this done, I know not all themes will allow you, like WordPress themes will allow you to just like insert text wherever you want. Sometimes, you know, it gets confusing. There's a free plugin called Add Inserter, Add Inserter. And um, there's a paid version, but the free one will do just fine. Typically, people insert display ads like you may uh imagine from the name, but Mm -hmm. basically all it does is inject code into a certain point that you want it to go um, on your pages or posts or wherever. And Uh you can just put that one liner in 
um, before the content. You could put it in after the second paragraph or whatever. Actually, that's what I do. I put it in a paragraph or two in, so it's not like right at the very top. So I misspoke earlier. I adjusted it after this thing came out because I knew that no affiliate links are in the first like sentence or something. Mm -hmm. So as long as you put it in near the top or in the same view, right? Mm -hmm. So as long as it's in the same view, you should be okay. You just put that one liner in. I have a link to the full disclosure page that has like the longer um, like privacy policy and just mm -hmm. other associations. And that's how I handle it. So super easy. It will Brilliant. take you about, I don't know, five minutes free plugin. So super easy. Five minutes free plugin, losing your amazon.com commissions. <laughs> Seems yeah. like a no brainer. Yeah. So pretty straightforward. All right, awesome. Jesse. Well, uh, thanks a lot. Really appreciate your time and expertise and all the research you did on this topic. Yeah. Happy to help keep people out of the, uh, the bad side of Amazon and the bad side of FTC. Happy, happy to help however we can. So thanks again to Jesse and definitely check out Genius Link. I'll also point out that Jesse has been on the show a few other times. So we have a couple other interviews as well. Check those out. Um, I will put links in the show notes so you can find them a little more easily, but super smart guy. I'm glad I connected with him or I guess he connected with me. Uh, sort of funny, funny-ish story. Um, back in the day, I was trying to do guest posts for um, like getting links to niche site project and just to like spread the word genius link is a prominent sort of a force in the affiliate marketing area they've been around for a pretty long time like since the beginning of when i like started making money online and getting interested in that sort of thing so anyway i sent a cold email out to the team and i was like hey can i like do a guest post over there i have some some chops have been published elsewhere. Like, please, please let me, you know, guest post on your blog. They did. I worked really hard on it. And um, funny enough, it ended up being one of those where I spent a ton of time. I went through a few edits, um, really worked hard on this blog post. And then um, it was received well, but I didn't get a ton of traffic. So still a wonderful link to have and good to connect with the team over there at Genius Link. But um, I didn't get like a ton of traffic from it, like overall. So Jesse, when you're listening to this, you know, it happens sometimes. But um, anyway, the point is, a couple of years later, I connected with um, someone in Bozeman. I was living in, in Bozeman at the time. And she was like, do you know this guy, Jesse Lakes over at Genius Link? I have a, you know, friend of a friend or a, some some person that that she knew worked with Jesse at Apple. So um, I was like, oh, you know what? I know of Jesse, but, and I know of Genius Link, but I've never like connected. Well, funny enough, I don't know if they talked about me um, or it was just weird timing, but Jesse sent an email out to me um, because he spent a lot of time in Montana. I can't remember if he's from Missoula originally, but um, anyway, the point is he sent me an email, we reconnected, just had a chat, and now he's a frequent guest on the show. So thanks, Jesse. And if you haven't checked out Genius Link, it's worth you know just having a look to see if it's a good fit for you.
So now let's move on to the reviews. So as I mentioned before, if you leave a review for The Doug Show, uh, specifically on the Apple product, so it's Apple um, Podcast, I think it's called, and um, it's, it's just easiest for me to see there, and I like to get the reviews there since it represents about 50 to 60% of where people listen. So we have two to go over today. One is Denise, and thanks a lot, Denise. The title of it is My Favorite Podcast on Walks, and I got five stars from Denise. Thanks a lot. Here's what it says. I've gained so much good info and instruction from Doug's podcast. I listen on my walk, then run home to make notes of how I want to implement and what I learned. Sometimes I implement right away. So thank you for doing what you do, Doug. Thanks, Denise, for the support. Definitely appreciate it. And moving on to the next one, there's a, it looks like uh, some gibberish. Um, I'm not sure what it says, but um, I'll, I'll read the title, Da Bomb with a D. So Da Bomb, it's great. Another five-star review. Tons of useful info for people interested in getting SEO traffic. Doug's KGR formula has transformed my keyword research, and I'm consistently getting decent traffic from every article I publish now. Great endorsement. Really appreciate that. And further, it says, I also get lots of other ideas about building an online business from his interviews. So thanks a lot for those couple interviews. And since I started asking for interviews, um, it's worth noting that we have many, many more. So I'm just looking here in October and November. I see, you know, one, two, something like six of them. So that's great. And we're slowly accumulating more. So 28 reviews and 29 ratings. One of the reasons why I was like, hey, um, you know, leave some of the these uh, reviews and ratings and all that is um, we started ranking on the U.S. directory for marketing podcasts. So we've been as high as 61. And I think these are sort of updated like a few times a day. It's hard for me to tell exactly. It looks like Apple sort of shuffles them around quite a bit. And um, basically, we've been as high as 61 and through the course of the week, it goes up and down. So it's kind of interesting, to be honest with you, because like the charts are sort of meaningless. It's kind of a, it's a vanity metric because some people probably look at the directory. Um, I know I, I have in the past, but really um, like for people to discover the Doug Show podcast from the Apple podcast directory in the marketing, um, I guess, genre is rare, but it's cool to show up there. And like, if I'm trying to get a guest or something like that, um, I could say, Hey, I'm, we, we are regularly in the top 100 of marketing podcasts in the U S on Apple iTunes and it's verifiable and we have a lot of episodes. So, you know, people can rest assured that if I interview them, it's going to go live and some people are indeed going to listen to it. Now, from a download perspective, which I guess would be important for, you know, ads or if someone was going to sponsor the show, which up until this point in time, there's no sponsors, there's no anything. I'm just putting out content, trying to get people back um, into my ecosystem and my platform, to be honest with you, for, you know, YouTube, for the blog all that stuff. Um, but the downloads are what I would consider modest, um, few hundred epi 
or sorry, few hundred downloads per episode. Um, and I'm, I'm putting out two per week, two episodes per week. So it does add up. And the cool thing, um, which I can't uh, show you a picture here, but since I started the podcast in January, basically there's slow growth every single month. So there's no like hockey stick growth. There was no like huge explosion of downloads, but like each month, most of the time, there are a few more downloads than the previous month. So it's just slow growth, consistent, which, well, it would be great if it was a little faster, but usually those um, sort of like quick growth sort of tactics or strategies, they may not pan out like well over time. It may lead me to do like weird decisions and that sort of thing. So anyway, things are good. And uh, I think we're, you know, we're approaching episode 100, which is cool. And, you know, some of the episodes are shorter. Some of them are longer. I do record some of them like pretty far out, um, which is interesting just because like seasonally it may, may matter. For example, I'm going to sort of date (laughs) this one here is uh, this is like the week of Thanksgiving in 2019 when I'm recording this intro. I did the interview with Jesse like I don't know, several weeks ago, but on this specific week, if you're in the, you know, sort of front range of, uh, the Rockies area in my area in Denver, you just got a bunch of snow. So I'm looking outside, it's about one degree. And, um, I think in my neighborhood, it snowed about 13 or 14 inches. So there's a lot of snow out there. The funny thing is if you go a little bit further, like south and west, it was just like a few inches. And if you go a little to the northeast, um, it was like 18, 20 inches. Really interesting how the, the snow dumped on us this time around. Funny enough, my uh, my wife's actually out of town at the beach of all places uh, visiting with her family for Thanksgiving. And I'm, I'm here with Georgie. We're just doing the best we can to stay warm here. So anyway, if you're listening to this, like the day that it's published, um, it will also be around the Thanksgiving time frame. But if you're listening to it sometime in the future, which that is what happens sometimes with podcasts, maybe the summer and enjoy that warmness, you know, enjoy the sun because I am bundled up wearing many layers, many, many layers, and just frankly, just trying to stay inside as much as possible. So All right. I think we'll just end it there. Thanks a lot, everyone. And have a great day. Have a great holiday season. And we'll catch you on the next episode.